0: And welcome to you, Brian Gurren. We're so, so honored to have you here and you'll teach about different topics, you know, the glory of God, the secret place, dreams and visions, and so long. Thank you for coming.
1: Oh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: So. We're so looking forward to this, but uh, who are you, Brian? maybe many of these viewers know you already but for yeah. those who doesn't
1: yeah are so, brian Garan. Yep, yeah, yeah. so my name's brian garan i'm from a place called louisiana uh right in the south uttermost part of, of north america right there and and uh yeah just a normal life pretty much growing up in louisiana uh to the age of 20. i don't know how much we want to go into that but met the lord and and uh we kind of now travel all over doing ministry and so yeah it's a lot of fun
0: you're the founder of bridal glory international
1: yeah yeah so it's a ministry we started eight or nine years ago now and um really doing all kind of fun stuff for for god so
0: and you've written books as well
1: yeah yeah so my first book it's actually been relaunched now as the title supernatural realities and my second book uh a publishing company destiny image has that is called god of wonders so really just teaching people how to experience the voice of God and how he can manifest and speak to his people so
0: and you also have these uh, schools yeah. on the internet tell us about them yes
1: yeah, so those are a lot of fun they actually those started I was in prayer uh, years ago and was waiting on the Lord and he began to kind of give me the download for them and so we have a studio there in veterans Louisiana where we do these live stream schools and we do them typically quarterly so like every three months and it's where people tune in live from all over the world in studio with me and we go for like four weeks straight uh, consecutive weeks of teaching praying together taking communion and it's a lot of fun so yeah now it's to the point where literally uh, students are coming in from every continent of the world they've really grown and you know it's it's a real way to go deep because sometimes in the conferences I preach in you've got one or two sessions and and they're more experiential, where these give us time to go deep in an intimate setting and encounter God together. So, yep. Not Antarctica. We're not there yet. But <laughs> okay. every other continent, yeah.
0: Okay. But uh, how did it start, Brian? You were raised in a Christian family. Mm-hmm. And then what happened?
1: Yeah, so uh, just like you said, I was raised in a Christian home. Amazing parents. They loved God. But early on, when I was probably 13 or 14, uh, got around, yeah. That would have been high school. Got around the wrong group, and and started making some wrong decisions. Uh, my personality, while I'm, you know, appear laid back and I am and just easygoing, I'm also though when I'm into something, I'm fully committed. So I just go all in. I don't really ask questions, and so that's a great attribute to have when you're going the right direction, yes. you know. But I applied that in the world and and just went all in quick. And so fast forward up to I was probably even 17, 18 years old into 19 and even 20. I was quickly off into drugs and alcohol and, you know, a lot of um, just mischievous ways of everything you can imagine. And I fell for the lie of the enemy, you know, and even we're in the capital city of our state. So a very, you know, populated state for a city for our state. And I was in even one of the major school systems but like voted most popular and just had this thing going of popularity and all this that the enemy makes you think is where fulfillment is, but it was, it's like it kept, I kept becoming more and more empty. It was it was working backwards. You know, the more of the world I would involve myself with and experience, it was like I was becoming more and more empty. So much so to that even at the age of 20, I became suicidal. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was really wild. and. Even, and then you
0: had everything, <clears throat> popularity.
1: Yeah, the, the the world would tell you that makes you happy. You know, I had all that stuff going for me, and um, he and he it was even trouble with with the law, uh, quite a bit with felonies and things like this. But it was funny because of pride. You know, in your the world, you just have a lot of pride. Like you don't, you want everybody to think you have it all together. So even with my friends, I wouldn't tell them. But I was I was like I was dying inside. I was so empty, so miserable and depressed. To the point where I even got on, uh, so I was on illegal drugs and alcohol for a long time too, but uh, also got on medical drugs from like psychiatrists, antidepressants, and things like this. I was just miserable, and I didn't realize I needed Jesus, you know. It's just, I had that void that God could only fill. And um, so it got to the point, I'll never forget, I was just, I didn't really have any purpose. I didn't want to live anymore, but with my friends, I would act like, yeah, you know, we have it all together. And I would go home at night and just... I remember not even want to wake up the next morning. You Did know? your parents and, and know? They they knew, but again, when with the lifestyle I was living, I wasn't too open to them, and they were always so supportive and loving and gracious and patient with me because I put them through a lot of... You know, cops coming to the house and them having to go to so
0: true.
1: Yeah, yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I wish it wasn't, but but no. So, um, but they were patient with me and
0: you didn't go to jail, did you?
1: uh, I was arrested, um, but and I've been to the prison right up to that point. But I remember my dad got me out, and then another time a lawyer spared us on a big situation. But right up to the end, before I got born again, I was on pretty much probation, where the cops were watching us. If I'd have made one more mistake, it was it was going to be bad. So. That wasn't good either, um, but yeah, I would say they—they they knew something was wrong. But I wasn't that open with them. You know, I was trying to live that life, and and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. You know, the wages of sin are death. Yeah, doesn't matter how you look at it, how you involve yourself. It doesn't matter what sin it is. If you involve your life in sin, you will reap death. Hundred percent. It's always going to happen. And it just
0: know? increases.
1: So true. Yeah, it's so true. So yeah.
0: So what happened to change all of this?
1: Yeah, so up till the age of 20, you know, is when I was uh, living this way. And I'll never forget, I was in an actual, an academic college. I just turned to be a sophomore. And there was a few things that you could tell now looking back that God was setting me up. He was starting to corner me. It just took me that long to get in such a bad spot of misery and emptiness and in trouble with the law. and Nothing was fulfilling me anymore. It didn't matter what it was. And... uh and so I'll never forget my, one of the steps to this that was really amazing to me, I found out later, like way later, was my father got me a job during the summer and um, because I was in such trouble if I, he was trying to keep me off the streets and get me out of trouble because like I told you, the law was watching me. If I got in any other trouble, it was going to be bad. So... I was working this job, and he on purpose did this because he knew over that department was a strong Christian man he put me under.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I never knew what he was doing. So I started working, and I later found out. I, I didn't realize why every other week we get, we'd get paid okay. you know, every two weeks, mm-hmm. so like twice a month that i would always get paid cash they wouldn't write me a check like from the company okay. but i thought okay it works you know it's money and okay. i realized i wasn't even really hired by the company my dad told them take me in and he would pay them cash to give me okay yeah isn't Is that wild it, yeah wow. he, he to put me into something to keep me stable and put me under a christian man so my dad had set all this up and i didn't know till later it was so loving and, and funny of him but
0: what kind of job was it
1: um, it was actually in a safety valve um, company where I was building safety valves, and I actually got really good at it. Mm-hmm. I've always been good with my hands, but it just helped me focus and get out of the negative uh, environment I was around. But every day I would watch this Christian man, and I knew something was different about him. He had a peace about him, a stability in life, a sound mind. He had joy, and he was just different, you know, and, and uh, he would take me to lunch every day, and um, I remember he blessed the food. And when people in our department, when the guys would get rough or start having foul language, he'd, he'd put them straight. And he just kept a pure environment. And so that was the first step. It just was affecting me. I was watching him, and I was like, I just, I knew he had something that, you know, you know, I was missing. And so it was leading up to that. And then um, shortly after that, my parents invited me to go to a church service. It was the church I grew up in, but it just hadn't gone in so many years so I said yeah yeah I'll go and I went that night and I'll never forget the preacher it's like he was talking directly to me my heart started beating I just knew I needed God I don't even remember really what all he was preaching but it was just you know but I was again I was too prideful because he invited people to come up and get saved you know and I just want to encourage you if you're listening and you feel God tugging tugging on your heart don't push it off today is the day of salvation the Bible says but because of pride I didn't want to go up and everybody see me you know so i I try to hurt and leave so that was another one and then i'm going to leave in a college the college pastor's daughter came and got me and she goes hey i just wanted to ask you real quick not that i would always recommend this approach but it worked on me she goes i just wanted to ask you real quick what if like you left right now and you died like do you know where you spent eternity you oh, know she said that yeah yeah and i'm thinking oh jesus help me you know what i'm saying because yeah i'm wanting to just get out of there and so it was like i had to avoid <laughs> uh two altar calls really you know from the pastor and then her but my heart i can remember the holy spirit's just working on me heart's beating so i remember i get in the car with my family to go home and i just couldn't think sure i just knew i needed jesus i could i didn't know how to i didn't know the language or any of that but i just knew i needed god but at this time, I ran real tight with a group of my friends. We were involved in a lot, and it was going to take a lot to break away. And I um, just want to encourage anybody listening, nothing is ever worth more than giving your life to Jesus. You cut off whatever you have to. You know, you just want to. Your whole life is invested in Jesus and him and you. And so um, about two nights later, they, had, they were going to have that college group. Oh, yes, yeah, she invited me to come to that. She asked me that, and I'm thinking, I don't know where I would go if I died, heaven or hell. I don't know. I believed in it, though, because I was raised in church. But then she invited me to that, and I thought, okay. And so I went to that, and I sat all the way in the back. And I remember, again, though, watching these Christians full of joy, life. They didn't have to drink alcohol to be fulfilled, take drugs, involve themselves in, like, sexual activity. They, just, they had a fulfillment about them, you know, that it was God. And I was just like, I need whatever they have. And so, right about then the the college pastor comes and taps me on the shoulder from behind me. He just went to say hello and introduce himself, and I started, <laughs> I start crying and I told him, you know I need Jesus I don't know if I knew to say I need to be saved or what, but I just told him i need i need god and and so um yeah, he went to to pray with me that night, and this was september twenty third nineteen ninety eight you know and he just led me to the lord and just never looked back you know of course i've had some ups and downs and mistakes and and what have you but i just in my life was totally changed that night you know it's like I found the treasure chest of life in jesus and I, and then i realized like i've wasted all these years like what have i been doing you know jesus is so incredible and fell in love with his presence and in and voice and, and went on from there you know so, wow mm-hmm. a funny story if you'd mind if i say real quick after that uh because up to this point my my relationship with my parents was really rocky. You know, my, my dad, we were still close, but my mom, I think it was just hard for her to keep seeing her son going through that. You know, she's so sweet. I love my mom. She's just the sweetest thing ever. A great listener and and uh, loves Jesus. But I had got born again, and so I just wanted to tell somebody, you know, when I left this college group. So I went to their house, and I thought I would tell my dad because, you know, I was still close, I felt, at least. And so I pull up, and he's not there. He traveled back then for work a lot, so he was gone. So it was only my mom there, and I thought, I've just got to go tell her. And so it was so cool of God, even, like, within minutes you know, or hours after I got born again, he already started working on restoring my life. And I go in to tell my mom, and I saw her. I told her I gave my life to Jesus, and I saw her start to tear up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. So, so you got I can free see <laughs> from uh, all
0: of the alcohol and drugs yeah. just
1: totally free yeah yeah i mean that was that really d- didn't have a strong hold on me much anymore because i began to fall in love with jesus his presence his voice and and uh and so it was awesome so my mom you know she was touched but i remember at first they were like uh we'll watch you though you know we just seen <laughs> too many years of you living off you know we'll just watch you and see what happens but yeah and it you know it wasn't some easy journey all of a sudden you have your struggles but um but yeah, just began that journey of following Jesus. You know, it was amazing. So, yeah.
0: wow! And then you you wanted to um, really be with Jesus, and you spent time with him a year over a year, just y- locking yourself up. Yeah,
1: yes. Yeah. So I was in um, shortly after I became born again. About eight months after, I went off to Bible college at the Brownsville Revival and the School of Ministry there in Pensacola, Florida. Okay. And that really changed my life for about two years. Learned theology, encountered God like never before. But what you're alluding to is right after okay. I got out of Bible college and this season came on me where I was working, but I, I it was such an exponential hunger for God that I, I couldn't really explain. I just knew I wanted to be with Jesus, you know. I just every morning and night I was like, God, I just want to spend time with you. I didn't even care about ministry, none of that. Uh, Looking back now, I realize it was a sovereign window. God was setting me up to thrust me out to be in ministry. You know, the Bible says that Jesus called the disciples to be with him Mm. so then he could send them out. So Mm. typically you're always going to, you can't impart what you have not encountered yourself. You can't deposit what hasn't been deposited into you. So usually Jesus will call you into an intimate place first and commission you from that. So um, I remember begging God, I said, if you can get me out of work somehow, i'll I'll vow my life to you you know if you can get me out of a normal schedule and i began began crying out from that place and right after that i came across a couple of financial investments in real estate and made a good chunk of money that i knew i wouldn't need to work for a while and so right when i did that i shut off to everything i mean i wouldn't answer my phone anything and i vowed to god to spend no less than like nine hours a day with him and um only more you know and i would i would keep myself accountable. A lot of people say, well, that's legalistic, you know, but also the Bible is clear in that it, you know, it says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And sometimes I think, you know, God's looking for hearts fully after him. And so, um, yeah, if I would miss it one day and only make eight, I would pray ten the next and make up for it. I would just really, I was on a mission. And really, at first it was a discipline, but then it turned into this full addiction where I was just so... Um, just addicted and so consumed and so hungry for his presence. You know, it was incredible. And for about a year and a half, he really took me into a school of the Spirit. We started training me in so many different ways of how he moves and speaks and a lot of what we do in ministry today. So, yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. So that's where you learned all the, these.
1: Yeah, and I'm so...
0: and w- missions and supernatural realms.
1: Yeah, yeah. Most, the angelic. Yeah, yeah, most of it. Um, and, of course, I've gleaned from generals as well a lot of their ministries I've learned, thank God, that a lot of them have gone on. But um, but during that window, I was so glad he did it after Bible college because it was all the things I, I needed to learn that you can't learn in Bible college. It was the ways of the Spirit. And that's why you notice the disciples learned with Jesus as the, as you go, preach the gospel. I mean, he's very hands-on. And, um, and um, you know, even you see this with a husband and a wife, the most intimate Things shared are always in private and one on one, and so uh, you 'd see Jesus do this often you know he would He would pull away from the disciples one one verse says he went a rock throw away or he 'd get up and go to a solitude place and and he knew this uh, going into your closet, shutting the door behind you and so it's I feel to truly be commissioned in what you 're called to do and sustain that in an intimate deep way you 've got to have that that secret place you know and from the revival as well, it was more evangelistic, power, miracles, salvations, preaching. He took me into school of the Spirit that was more prophetic, revelation, dreams, visions, like stuff I didn't have a grid for. So I learned a lot more on that too, you know. So, so your name,
0: Bridal Glory, mm-hmm. is that why you chose that name?
1: Yep. For the
0: intimacy, the deep intimacy?
1: Yeah, yeah, for the, the bridal around my field. It's funny. I've got a funny story where I was uh, in an airport upgrading on a flight to go somewhere and I went to give our ministry card to the lady to pay for the upgrade on the flight and she goes oh bridal glory she goes oh do you ever watch that show uh, say yes to the dress it's, it's it's a show we have in the U.S. about like bridal gowns yeah. you know and I laughed I was like oh no ma'am is it good she goes oh it's amazing and and so it was funny that sometimes that can obviously from a secular lens be misinterpreted but uh, yeah, it just basically means that the intimate bridal realm with Jesus and his glory, his manifest presence combined as one. And that just comes out of some experiences where I feel like intimacy in that, that bridegroom to bride union. First Corinthians six seventeen says those that are joined to the in the spirit with mm-hmm. the Lord become one with him. And he, he plants it into a very uh, intimate way, even off of a parallel from the natural of becoming one flesh. In Ephesians 5.32 says the same thing. But I mean, I've seen angelic realm wonders, healings, miracles. But I've had a, several encounters, too, with Jesus as the bridegroom in an intimate way. And to me, there's just nothing that matches it. It's Have the you highest. seen his image? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him in different ways. And to me, there's just nothing that can match it. You know, one time before these, he came to me before I was in ministry. And I could tell in the vision he was come looking for me. And I knew he was coming to me before he was in ministry. He was young, and it wrecked me. And um, it's like he only sees you out of the crowd. I don't know how he does it. It, You know, it's just amazing. But then later, yeah, I've had him come, and actually some very profound um, bridal-type encounters, and they're not masculine feminine like we think. It's the spirit world. I mean you're not even going to be married to who you're supposed to in heaven. The Bible says, so it's the spirit. It it doesn't, that's where people mentally, especially Mm. men, Mm. and I'm as manly as it gets. I love sports. (laughs) I love the fish. You know, it's just, I'm masculine as can be. So it's not really, it doesn't apply like that, but the depth of encounter that happens when these intimate realms collide to me, they just, there's nothing that matches them to me. You know, so we uh, based our ministry off of that name. Yeah.
0: I know there's a lot of people may watching that feels their heart pound yeah. and they are not saved. Yeah. Can you lead them into this, to Jesus with this uh, prayer?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. So, you, you, you know, just like Mona just said, if you're there and you say, look, that's me. You know, I, I don't feel like I know the Lord. You are like me even before I was 20 years old. Or you may even be in a place where you say, look, I once walked with the Lord, but I'm backslidden. And I, I don't know if I today, would I be in relationship with Jesus, would I spend eternity in heaven, you know, you may be uh, backslidden or never known the Lord, but you want to receive Him now and I'm telling you, you don't want to put this off, it's always a lie of the enemy to delay and oh, well I'll do it another day, the Bible says you're not promised tomorrow, today, if you hear his voice, the Bible says today, don't harden your heart, but surrender, today is the day of salvation, and so I want to lead you in a quick prayer, just pray this with me. And uh, we'll we'll believe God to enter your life and transform you. So even say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, wash me in your blood. I ask you even now to forgive me of my sins. I surrender my life to you. And and I decree and proclaim that you are the Lord and Savior of my life. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. And transform me I pray I, I surrender I take my hands off of my life and I give it fully to you and I say you lead now Jesus I want you to be everything that I've ever needed I want to follow the purpose you have for my life and fulfill it for your glory in Jesus name and and even if you just prayed that with me I want to encourage you to um, begin a life of, of staying in the Word of God every day read your Bible daily uh, the Book of John, the Gospel of John is a great place to start. Uh, the Book of Proverbs even has a chapter for each day, which is really amazing, 31 chapters. You can read one for every day of the month and develop a healthy spiritual life, begin to hang around believers that walk in light and righteousness as well, get in a good Bible-believing church and let God touch you and watch destiny uh, take off in your life. Have so. have
0: seen a lot of people uh, get to know Jesus in your
1: ministry yeah yeah we we do a lot of that as well so often I'm in conferences where it's more for the body of Christ teaching and training but often we do a lot of crusades and evangelism so literally when I leave here a week after we're in Colombia and we hold crusades where we see yeah, often hundreds coming forward and casting out devils seeing the sick healed and the lost coming to Jesus and it's it's a lot of fun so it's amazing yeah
0: Wow, so it's interesting, exciting to be a Christian, to be a believer, to follow Jesus. It's not boring. No, no, yeah, it's the
1: most exciting <laughs> you life miss you can your live.
0: old life.
1: No, no, I feel sorry for, you know, even a lot of my old friends that still are stuck in that. It's a very empty, miserable life. Everything's in Jesus. Yeah, I don't miss one second of it for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah. it's going to be exciting to have you teach, and we're going to talk about those topics as well. Uh, dreams and visions, angelic realms, the gift of the spirit. So, um, are you excited?
1: Yeah, very excited. Look (laughs) look forward to it for sure.
0: Well, Brian, thank you so much for uh, coming here. And um, we're so looking forward to these programs. And I hope many of uh, people are watching to be inspired by your teachings and our conversations. So thank you so much for putting off this time to be here and investing in this
1: oh yeah thank you so much for having me it's it's such an honor
0: and to all of you just keep up just worship these programs god's glory the next session brian he will teach on this topic god's glory i know you experience this everywhere you go the glory of god it's really interesting so thank you and see you later god bless (laughs)